Good afternoon, everyone. It's nice to see you, the people that can turn up on a bank holiday in half term. Well done. Well done, you all. And I'm here too, so well done me. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Um, Now, we have made it through Ascension Day. We made it through that weird day when Jesus disappears up in a cloud, didn't we? We got through it. We're okay. But then... We had that weird week in between, didn't we? The weird week where it's like, what are the early church trying to do? And they seem like a sort of boring committee meeting at some point, don't they? It feels like they should be really exciting, but they've just sort of got together and gone, oh, should we replace Judas? That seems like logical. And they go, how should we do that? Oh, let's cast lots and pray. And that seems like probably a good thing. And they're just sort of muddling through. And they're not all that organised, are they? And they're messy. And they're like us, which is encouraging, sort of. Um, but now, today, we celebrate Pentecost. Wow. Pentecost, the birth of the church, the day when the Holy Spirit finally came. I don't know how long that 10 days felt like for the first disciples, the gap between Ascension Day and Pentecost, but it must have felt like a long time. Like Jesus had promised the Spirit was coming, and I bet they were like, when? Every day, like, is it today? Is it today? Is it going today? And finally, Pentecost is here, and it's today that we celebrate that, and Gracie is going to come and tell us all about what happened on Pentecost. Thanks, Gracie. Right, I'm going to go for that one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked... Aren't these those who uh, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, "What does this mean?" Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Lovely. Thank you very much. I wonder if you've ever been accused of having too much wine. I certainly have not. Of course. (laughs) It's exciting, isn't it? Pentecost, like the reading that happens, that isn't like the replacing of Judas. That's not like some people bumbling through trying to figure it out. This is like, whoa, party time. This is like very, very different. But let's not get carried away yet. Whoa. So remember, on Ascension Day, the mission was handed on to the disciples, wasn't it? Jesus handed his mission over and said, it's your turn. Now it's your turn to carry this mission on. And since then, the disciples have been meeting together and it says that they've been praying constantly. And Jesus has said to his disciples, you are to be my witnesses. And now he's disappeared in a cloud, standard sort of stuff. And they're going, how can we tell everyone? What on earth shall we do? It's kind of dangerous. Like, what shall we do with this? So they're just huddling together and praying, fair play. I would do exactly the same. And they're just muddling through and looking suspiciously like 
a boring committee. Not that we have those in the church, because that would be ridiculous, because we've had Pentecost. But they look suspiciously boring at times, don't they? Just getting together and making decisions and figuring it out. And then, of course, the Spirit comes. And there's some weirdness. (laughs) And it starts to look a bit different. So what a difference the Spirit makes. It's incredible. But I wonder what you think the point of it is. Like, what is the point? Is the Holy Spirit just turning up as like some sort of magician? Is he just turning up and doing some tricks? Is he just making a spectacle and people are going, ooh, that's fun. And then like the next day, it's all back to normal. Or what is happening when this stuff happens? Well, firstly, I think this is a real clear and strong sign to the disciples themselves that like the Holy Spirit is here because they have to believe it first, right? They've been waiting and they need something really clear and really obvious because maybe they're a bit like us and they can be a bit slow at times. But this is something they cannot argue with. They're like, whoa. They're all talking in languages. They didn't know they could talk in and they're being understood by other people. Like, this is weird stuff. So this is undeniable for them. But it's also really clear and obvious to the people that are gathered and that can hear them, isn't it? Later on in that passage, after Gracie um, read, it says that Peter explained to the crowds what was happening. That's pretty cool. Peter's never been, been that up there with this sort of stuff before. But suddenly he's just stood up and he explains the whole thing to everyone. And he preaches this incredible sermon. And it says that 3,000 people were added to their number that day. So they've gone from like this boring boardroom sort of vibe to 3,000 people have just been added to their number. Like this is what the Holy Spirit does. This is the radical change that the Holy Spirit brings to the church. Wow. Do you see the difference? And I've told you uh, little parts of my own story before, but I thought today, being Pentecost, and do you know what? While I've been, I've been here four years now, and looking back at my notes, I keep, I keep my sermons, would you believe, they're in a folder, and I looked back, and I have preached every single Pentecost, so there you go. So on this fourth one, I thought I'd tell you more of my own story, um, because it's just a good time to share, really. So I grew up as a Christian, um, which means I don't have an amazing conversion story. I know a lot of people feel robbed if they don't have that conversion story, but actually, I th- I came to believe it's, it's quite a blessing that I've always had Jesus in my life. Like, that's an incredible testimony in itself. So I grew up in an old-school Pentecostal church, um, which my friends said was happy clappy. That was, that was how I grew up. They'd probably still say, this is happy clappy, so fine. Um, and we had a lot of prayer ministry in church. That was quite normal, you know. There were lots of altar calls. You could give your life to Jesus ten times a week. And I, I went through a phase of probably doing that as well, you know. We've been there. Tay's been there. (laughs) Um, But that's what church was like. And I was quite used to people speaking in tongues. That that was fine. Um, And there were sometimes random other people, you know, that even it, do you know the people that suddenly say, God says, and they make this massive declaration, and you're like, ooh, I wonder if that's what God says, or is that that you? Or is that God? Anyway. um, (laughs) So that was the church that I grew up in. And that was in many ways great, actually. Like, I had a real relationship with Jesus. I always believed in God. I always believed in Jesus. And I always believed that Jesus loved me. 
and what a testimony that is. Um, but life was really hard for me at times because um, I grew up in a small family, so there were four of us at home, just my parents, uh, me and my brother. But my mum my had a mental health problem, which was quite serious, um, and it affected our day-to-day living. Like This was a, a huge thing that just affected family life in all sorts of ways and it made life really tough and we weren't actually allowed to talk about it so we didn't talk to other people about it it was a secret um, and it just made life really really hard and by the time I got to my teenage years I was about 13 and my two closest friends who I knew through church because church was like my life still is (laughs) Um, but they were also diagnosed with very serious mental health conditions so they were both uh, taken into, into different types of care. One of them went into a mental health unit, didn't come back for about eight years. Um, and it was just soul-destroying. Like, my life was so tough. And I was also diagnosed with depression and anxiety, as you may expect. So that was, like, what my life looked like. And I had these two lives happening, and it felt like I couldn't talk about the one, but Jesus was lovely. <laughs> but it was hard, It was really hard, and I hadn't personally ever experienced the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything of this. And so all this this stuff that was happening in my early life, it felt like it was robbing me of life. It felt like it was slowly killing me, because there was so much stuff, and it was so heavy, and it was so hard. And what happened was that I went from being very... Um, outspoken almost. When I was little, I was, I was very bubbly. I was very talkative. You could not shut me up. And I laughed a lot. And I went to being very shy and withdrawn. And I couldn't look people in the eye. And I tried not to talk to anybody. I tried to just not speak to anyone ever because that was easier. <laughs> and that's how I was. So as I'd grown up into that, I didn't ever see that changing. And I thought, I'm just going to have to live a quiet life and hide behind anything I can. I never ever wanted to be in the limelight like this would be my nightmare. I did not ever want to be noticed by anybody. And so I hit 18 years old and my friend said to me, do you want to come to Soul Survivor? Now I know there's stuff going on at Soul Survivor at the moment and some of that stuff is very painful. If you do feel affected, please do talk to us because it's important but I, I had my own experiences at Soul Survivor that I think are authentically experiences of God. So they are part of my story. So when I was 18, me and my friend went to Soul Survivor together. And she didn't even come to the main meetings. Would you believe? What a cheek. Who invites and doesn't go with you? But anyway, so I was going to the main meetings by myself and I was seeing the Holy Spirit doing things in the room. And it was like, wow. This is like big stuff. There was lots of things happening. Like there were some people like being prayed for and then they'd fall down. That's weird, isn't it? There were people being prayed for and they'd laugh manically. Peculiar stuff. There's like, there were healings happening. There was all this stuff going on. And I was like, wow. Suddenly like the Holy Spirit felt more real than ever before. And I was like, I think I might have missed something in my, in my Jesus's lovely sort of belief. And so on the last night, I thought, okay, come on, come on, I've got, to, I've got to try this. And I thought, I'll pray. I thought, God, if, if your Holy Spirit is real, if being filled with the Spirit is something that can happen to me, then let's give it a go. Now, 
they obviously did a call for prayer ministry and I thought I am not going forward because I was somebody that stood at the back. I didn't want to engage with any other person, especially anybody I didn't know, absolutely not. So I stayed at the back. I was not going forward and I probably still wouldn't. (laughs) Um, So I stood at the back and I was like, okay, God, come on. Nothing happened and I thought, great, because if it had been embarrassing, oh my life, I couldn't have coped with that. So nothing happened, and the worship started up, and I was like, lovely, I'll have a sing-song instead, great. So we had a nice little sing-song, great. Um, I was very comfortable in that. And then as the meeting was drawing to a close, I started to laugh, and I was like, oh no. And, <laughs> oh no. Um, and I was, I was by myself, don't forget this, and I'm stood right at the back, and so I just start laughing, no reason, and the tears start falling down my face, and I am in hysterics, and I couldn't hide it, (laughs) and I was trying desperately to keep it in and not let it out because I was so embarrassed, but I couldn't stop it at all, and I felt ridiculous, but like I was so full of joy, and I was like, what on earth? (laughs) It was weird. (laughs) It is, right? (laughs) Um, and so I was, I was leaving the meeting because I was like, this is embarrassing, man. So I was trying to get out while laughing my head off and crying. So like, you know, keeping my head down because like I didn't want people to see the state of this. Um, and like I got back to my tent where my friend was there and she was packing down the tent and her dad had shown up. He was giving us a lift home. And I just, I tried to speak to them and I was just laughing and crying. And they were like, are you drunk? <laughs> And I was like, no, not this time. (laughs) Um, But but it was this incredible experience that I had. And I couldn't explain it any other way. It was just the Holy Spirit. It was God. And do you know what? If it had just been that one-off experience and that's all it had been, then that would have been a nice little moment, wouldn't it? But actually, I think what happened in that moment is like God put planted like a seed of life in me because I'd felt like everything around me was trying to kill me and take away that life but God planted a seed of life in me that has continued to grow and that is an incredible thing and like the fact that I'm in this job is still absurd to me because I couldn't ever have imagined doing this I can make eye contact with people and it's not that scary it is sometimes but it's not so bad But like the transformation that has happened, it's entirely God. It's entirely God working in me. It's not me at all. It's that, it's being filled with the Holy Spirit and allowing that to happen again and again and again and for God to work in me. And so that is some of my story. Um, And actually what happened the the following week, I went back to, to my home church and I went to the loo. It's part of the story, don't worry. Um, <laughs> and when I, when I went in, there was a lady there in tears. And I went up to her and I spoke to her. I'd never seen her before. And I spoke to her. I, that's not something I'd ever do. And she was so upset. And I said, can I pray with you? What, am I, what on earth am I saying? Like, I know you all think that's normal because that's what I do. But it was not what I do. <laughs> and I prayed with this woman. And... A couple of weeks later, she was baptised at that church and she spoke about this moment and how, how wonderful it had been for her. And I was like, <laughs> like, I couldn't believe this. 
But like that moment, that moment when I was filled with the Holy Spirit was the start of a lifelong journey of transformation. It was the start of knowing the Holy Spirit myself, of knowing God and of knowing the power of God to transform my own life. And I I know because I know the Holy Spirit, I know that that's his desire for all of you to transform your life, to allow you to be more you than you ever knew you could be. Like, I didn't know I could be this me. It's cool, isn't it? But you can be so you because God has made you to be that way and will help you to do that. And so actually what I want to say today is that Pentecost is all about each of us being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that transforms our lives You know, that early church was transformed in an incredibly radical way. And they had quite a task, didn't they? They moved from being like this little committee of people making little decisions by themselves to spreading the gospel like throughout the globe. That's a pretty big transformation. And like the transformation I know in my own life has also been pretty big. Fair enough, not the same scale. And do you know what? Life hasn't always been easy since that moment. It's not like that happened and everything's been easy since. There's still been loads of stuff that's hard. But something changed. And God is with me. And God gave me back so much that I didn't ever realise I needed or would have ever again. And continues to. So I think on a personal level, the Spirit transforms each of us and gives us a new life and takes away the things that holds us back. And so, as I end this talk, I think it would be lovely if you would entertain me even, but maybe the Holy Spirit too, if you would stand with me and we'll pray, come Holy Spirit together. So God, we thank you for your gift of the Spirit. We thank you that Your love transforms us. And we thank you that you seek to take away all that holds us back and to give us life in all its fullness. And so, Jesus, we pray together. Come, Holy Spirit.